Well, Happy New Year. I hope you had many laughs with family and even a few days of not waking up to your alarm. Those are sweet times. Now, the next two episodes are in the sphere of helping us all make the most of the year ahead. Next time, we tackle meaningful work in a world that seems to be constantly changing. But this conversation, we're going to focus on the number one key to accelerate your income, grow your intelligence, broaden your mind, increase your influence with people, and lead to a more satisfying life. Let's freaking go. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and today's episode has the potential to set the trajectory for your next decade. My guest today is Jeff Brown, one of the authors of Read to Lead, the simple habit that expands your influence and boosts your career. Jeff is a former nationally syndicated morning show host and currently the host of the Read to Lead podcast. It's a four-time Best Business Podcast nominee. You should check it out. There's a ton of good stuff. And actually, he's interviewed people like Simon Sinek, Seth Godin, John Maxwell, Nancy Duarte, Nancy Duarte, (laughs) and Dr. Henry Cloud. And he's a nice guy, which for me is refreshing when someone who's successful is also approachable. Now, he let me ask him another 50 minutes after this recording. I peppered him with all kinds of questions, and it was just for my benefit. I'm grateful for Jeff giving me so much time, and I loved this book. It was so good. Uh, I liked it so much so that I'm going to give away five copies of it, but there's more information on that later. Please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Jeff Brown. As we get going, I would love for you to jump right in and, and lay the groundwork for us on the book Read to Lead. You know, Why did you decide to write this, and, and who is this book really for? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of meta as books go, isn't it? It's it's a, it's a book about reading. It's a book about books, uh, and uh, the idea initially was not mine. I've been hosting a podcast of the same name for over eight years, but in that time, though, I had a desire to write a book. It, it had not yet occurred to me up until a couple of years ago to write a book as meta as this one. Until a guy by the name of Jesse Wisniewski suggested it. And I thought, well, gosh, that's been right under my nose for a while. <laughs> why, why hadn't I thought it? I mean, I have other ideas for books, and I'm working on those as we speak. But this was not something that I had, had considered. And so he had already uh, actually run a similar book with a different title up the flagpole. And when I say run it up the flagpole, I mean he had a literary agent, and he had attempted to get uh, a traditional book deal and got a lot of no's. And uh, some of the constructive feedback he got on that was, you don't have a platform, Jesse. Uh, well, I did. And he recognized that. And, and we had met before and we're, we're loosely connected. And so we got together and started talking about it. And um, I loved the idea. And he just didn't know, well, is this guy going to want to co-author a book? <laughs> Maybe he just wants to do one by himself. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thrilled with that idea. I do a lot of joint projects. And I had never thought about you know my first book being one I co-authored with somebody, but I was intrigued by the idea. And uh, we put a new proposal together, and the really the main difference was what I brought to the table with regard to a platform, and that was the difference. And a traditional publisher snatched that up uh, almost immediately, and and here we are, you know, a couple of years, a couple of years later. Um, I started my podcast out of a passion to help more people uh, come to books in a less intimidating way. 
I recognize on one hand that in this web generation that we're in, um, people <laughs> require just about every bit of information they take in to be bite-sized. And I think that's a problem when it comes to developing a reading habit, <laughs> right? And so, so in a way, you could argue my podcast sort of uh, is a part of the problem <laughs> because I'm, I'm trying to to bring the key insights and main ideas from the books I read to people in about in about 30 minutes, similar to what we're doing in this conver- conversation. Um, but I recognize too that that it's an uphill battle, but it's one that has to start with getting people just to dip their toe in the waters. And if my podcast or your podcast can help people do that and can be something that plants a seed, then that that's that's worth doing, right? And so the next logical step uh, for me then was to write a book about that um, and to to help more people again approach it in a less intimidating way. So here's here's the two people it's ultimately for to get to that part of your question. If you already know that reading is critical for success, as as I believe, then this book, Read to Lead, is going to help you get more out of the books you read. You know, to better comprehend what you're reading, to better retain. Uh, what you read, uh, to develop a reading habit, to read more in less time. But if you aren't a reader yet, and by the way, if you're in that first category, you could even skip the first four chapters of the book because the first four chapters make the argument for why this should be a habit, right? But if you aren't yet a reader, start with those first four chapters. Um, they'll help explain why you should be. And again, the rest of the book gives you tips on on how to jump into it uh, painlessly. So uh, you know, this is a habit uh, that I strongly believe uh, believe in, and my hope is that the book helps convince more people of that fact, and again, make make the process a little little more painless than maybe it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And so let's jump right into the to the title um, and and the outworkings of that. So the title: Read to Lead: The Simple Habit That Expands Your Influence and Boosts Your Career. So practically speaking. How does reading expand or influence and boost our career? Well, for starters, uh, and I hinted at this a moment ago, uh, very few people practice this habit. If you read any studies from whether it's recent or 20 years ago when my reading habit first began, they pretty much say the same thing, that fewer people uh, with time are reading with any regularity, especially when it comes to uh, you know, nonfiction, which is, I think, predominantly what we're talking about professional and personal growth. So just by nature of the fact that you're practicing that habit, just that fact alone separates you from everybody else. The other thing I would encourage you to remember is you don't know everything. And so to (laughs) (laughs) to think that, (laughs) and that's one of the reasons why I read, because it keeps me humble. It's a constant reminder of what I don't know, right? And, and, and for some of us, that's an uncomfortable thing. We don't want to be reminded of that. And that, that again, puts us off uh, of reading books. But uh, in a nutshell, you know, reading books is going to increase your professional opportunities. I've seen that in my own uh, working life. It's going to improve your decision-making skills. It's going to reduce your stress. It's going to help with sleep. Um, you know, and even uh, if we get into things like uh, fiction, uh, books. I, I love the occasional fiction book. And I think fiction is great for fostering creativity and uh, increasing uh, your levels of empathy. When you read stories about people different from you, you begin to relate to their situations and and those characters and those things, those things you learn while reading carry over into your, into, into your real life. You become a more empathetic person, more understanding of people that aren't like you. And so, all those things and more 
are are some of the ways that reading can can, as you said, expand your influence mm-hmm. and boost your career. So I I'd love um, how the book is written, and and you're you're demonstrating that here as well. Um, I can't encourage the listeners enough to get this book. I, I it's easy to read, which <laughs> right there, not intimidating, <laughs> but um, just because it's easy to read doesn't mean that it's lacking in content. I, I want to be clear on that as well. So I love how the book is written. It's short bursts, pointed statements, practical application. Um, for example, you write about excuses for not reading. And I want to. I think this could be really, really helpful for that second category that you mentioned at the beginning of people that maybe aren't reading. Um, and so if we could, if we could take a, a minute or two, let's talk about excuses for not reading. What are some common excuses for not reading and and what should we do uh, to win against those? Mm. Yeah, well, not surprisingly, the number one excuse is time, right? I don't have uh, the time. And I, I think that's a misnomer. I, I think you have time for the things you consider to be important. And if your stance right now is I don't have time to read, you've simply decided that it's not important enough to make time for. I mean, it's as simple uh, is that you have time for the things that you you make time for. So know too that when it comes to nonfiction specifically, which is uh, again the bulk of what we're talking about here, books on personal and professional development and mindset and leadership and business and entrepreneurship and those kinds of things, um, you know, take far less than you think, far less time than you think. Most people listening to this broadcast right now have probably read. I don't know, the Harry Potter series or Lord of the Rings or something. Harry Potter from start to finish, if you're going to read that entire series, will take you at an average pace of about 75 hours. <laughs> the av- average business book, the average leadership book, personal development or mindset book, is about 250 pages at an average reading speed. It'll take you about five hours to finish. My book is 222 pages. About four and a half hours is what that's going to require. So think about that. If you could set aside say, as little as a half an hour in the morning before you head off to work, maybe a half an hour in the evening to read, and just did that Monday through Friday, that's five hours, you could read a business book a week. So understand that this thing called time is indeed precious, but reading, especially nonfiction, takes a lot less time than you think. There are other reasons that we can go into. People say, gosh, I I don't have the money. Again, this similar to time is, is really you know what you consider important. If you look at your, uh, your bank statement and see what you spend money on, you can see right away the things that you consider the most important. And if we see you know, DoorDash on there a thousand times or, or you know, <laughs> yeah, the or, or delivery, whatever. The delivery charge is more than the book <laughs> itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, think about what your ROI is on some of the things you spend money on. Uh, you know, if you spend 20 bucks on a book and you come away with one great idea from having read that book, that's, that's $20. Uh, well spent. Uh, uh, you know, tongue in cheek, one of the biggest complaints I get from people who listen to my podcast is the amount of money they spend on books. Uh, I say that tongue in cheek. That's 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 something they like to tease me about. But they realize too that while they do spend more money on books listening to a show like mine, they understand that it is money uh, well spent. People don't like to read entire books. You know, it, it, many of us are completists, especially when it comes to books. And so we sit down and we think, okay, once I start, I have to finish the whole thing. And when it comes to nonfiction, I tell people, before you sit down to read the book, answer the question, what am I reading this for? What am I hoping to get out of this book? And actually write the answer to that question down. 
once and that's that's your goal for reading it, right? Once you've identified why you're reading it in the first place and what you hope to get out of it, now you can go to the table of contents and identify potentially the chapters specifically from that book. Maybe it doesn't take the whole book. Maybe there's three chapters in that book that speak directly to the thing you're hoping to get out of reading it. Well, guess what? You can start there. That might be chapters four, seven, and 15. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't have to start with chapter one. Start with the chapters that lend themselves to what you're hoping to get out of it. And once you've read those, say, in this example, three chapters, if you've gotten exactly what you hope to get out of that book from having done that much reading, you've got my permission <laughs> to set it down and call that a book that you've read. Someone asked, hey, did you read such and such book? You can just answer, yes. Yes, I did. You don't have to say, well, I read chapters four, seven, and 15. Now, you, if you got out of that book what you set to get out of it in the first place, and that was to read three chapters, and it did for you what it needed to, what you needed it to do, that's a red book as far as I'm concerned. And so understand that, that you don't have to read every book from, from start to finish. So you, you uh, hit on something that might actually answer this question, uh, but it popped in my head when you were speaking there. So with focusing, so I know that I in the past have, have really struggled on focusing um, in, uh, when, I'm, when I'm reading. Sometimes I get to the bottom of the page or um, <clears throat> maybe it's a variety of things of my own uh, constitutional weaknesses or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but is there, uh, do you have any tips on like increasing focus as we're going through the book? Um, and, and again, I think that thing that you said about look to why you're reading the book and then highlight those chapters and jump there, that might actually be the answer. But is there anything else uh, within that increasing focus area? Yeah, I, I would say uh, you might consider setting a timer. Um, and before you start reading, in other words, you know, tell your brain, how much time are we going to spend doing this activity? And that way your brain can kind of turn off any potential, oh, but what you got to do this today, you got to do that today, you better be wrapping this up here real soon. You've told your brain before you begin, we're going to do 25 minutes, or we're going to do 50 minutes, and then we're done. So, so set a timer, you know, this is sort of a la the Pomodoro technique, you know, working in, in short bursts, 25, 50 minutes, then taking a break. And allow yourself to, uh, a lot of people fall into this trap, and, and I used to do it this way, and I've, I've tried to train myself to change how I take notes. I used to take notes as I read. Similarly, as a, as a writer, I often want to edit as I'm writing, and I've had to teach myself to just get the words on the page and worry about the editing process later. And this is a similar similar sort of sort of concept. Allow yourself the opportunity to just read without the burden while you're reading of taking notes and limit yourself to just uh, a couple of symbols, maybe an ast asterisk or a star to signify something in the book. And obviously we're talking physical books here uh, to, to note something that's of particular importance that you definitely want to dig into more deeply later. Maybe a question mark next to something that you're not sure you fully understand, or maybe it's a question mark because you're not sure you even agree with it. And uh, maybe a cue the letter Q for, for a particular pithy quote or phrase that the author shared that, that you want to want to jot down or maybe use in a, in a talk or a presentation later. Limit yourself to just some simple symbols and, and, and don't take notes. Finish that, that timed reading session, that 25 or 50 minutes or whatever it is. Take that break, then come back uh, you know, right away if you can. And now go through that same section that you just read or chapter to those markings, 
and now take notes. So this next 25 or 50 minute session is just the note taking session. Uh, so, so you're taking these two different activities, note taking and reading. And by separating the two and starting the first session by, again, telling your brain, we're going to do this for X number of minutes. Those two things will help you focus on just the reading. All right, check this out. The Impact of Leadership has a community that fosters connections with like-minded leaders. As leaders, you are taking on the problems, the struggles, the weight of your company, which can leave you feeling overwhelmed and drained. Join the Impact of Leadership community groups. This is where you will find other leaders who can help you work through those problems and also bring new perspectives because we shouldn't be doing this thing alone. We were not created to do this thing alone. Every leader needs encouragement, accountability, creative ideas, and friendship. We promise you will get all of this with the IOL community groups. Click the community groups link in the description below the play button. Now, back to Jeff Brown. That's very helpful. Um, and, and now I, I'd, I'd love for you to guide us on how to know what we should and shouldn't read, because it feels like there's so many options and, and genres. And I know that um, in the book, I can't remember what chapter it is, where they outline um, all the different different categories that we can look into. But how do you go about narrowing down like a book that we should you know, jump into? Yeah, start simply with what interests you. When you let your interests guide what you read, you're never going to be bored. You know, a lot of people don't read because they find it, quote unquote, boring, or it's been boring for them in the past. Uh, I know your wife was a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say this, uh, and I'm going to duck after I say it, but I don't mean this <laughs> as, as uh, any way disparaging to teachers. My sister's a teacher and a darn good one. But school educated out of me the desire to read, such that when I left school, I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to learn anymore. I was like, thank goodness that's over, because it, it involved reading about things I had no interest in, right? And so for a good six or ten years, six, seven years, um, I didn't do anything related to reading and learning. It's my late 20s, early 30s. But then I discovered, I realized, wait a minute, <laughs> there's this category out there called nonfiction that I haven't been paying attention to. Uh, a lot of which is written to topics that I want to learn about or topics that interest me. So whether it's a, a skill or whether it's um, a discipline or something uh, related to your industry or your position in it, or it's a particular time in history or a particular person that fascinates you, start there and let that, let that guide you. Uh, in my case, early in my career, when I started a reading habit, um, my reading habit began, or a few I should say a few years into my reading habit, uh, was when social media began to sort of explode. This is in the late uh, 2000s, like 2007, 2008. And I began reading everything I could get my hands on related to social media and social media marketing and the impact of these new tools on different industries. I just wanted to learn everything I could about that. Nobody was telling me in my job that I had to, but I recognized that our interest, industry could be disrupted by some of this and I needed to wrap my head around it. And so as I read about those topics, I began experimenting with what I was learning, these topics that interested me. And as I experimented with what I learned and put into practice what I was learning and taking action on what I was learning, some of the things didn't work. Uh, but the funny thing is, is the things I tried that failed were quickly forgotten. The, the things that I tried that worked got me noticed. <laughs> and then other people at other radio stations, I was in radio at the time, other other managers of the radio station. So what's that Jeff Brown guy doing over there in Nashville 
that's working. We need to know more about that. So I began being asked to speak to the other program directors, and that led to getting up in front of and speaking to the entire sales uh, team across the country to share what I was learning about these these things because of the of what was what was working. And that problem, I tell that whole story because that that led me then to go, oh, wait a minute, I'm not a public speaker. <laughs> I, I, I've never done that before. I I guess that's a skill I better learn. I'm a little nervous about that. I got butterflies about that. So I looked at the, the, the broad topic of public speaking, recognizing how broad it was, and I realized I've got to cut that down into smaller bite-sized chunks. How can I niche that down? So that became, you know, I, I created eventually curriculums around public uh, or presentation design and presentation delivery and presentation structure and working humor into your presentations and, and presentation fears and anxiety. And so those are all different subtopics of the overall topic of public speaking. I started with presentation design. My thinking at the time, though I, I may advise differently today, my thinking at the time was, well, if I can feel good about my slides, then I'll be more confident when I get up on stage in front of people. I'll be less nervous and maybe they'll be staring at the slides because they're so compelling instead of staring at me right so so i created a curriculum two or three books around presentation design like presentation zen from gar reynolds and slideology by nancy duarte then i went to the next category presentation delivery and then presentation structure and found two or three books on that niche within public speaking and with each curriculum i i you know sort of walked up the stairs, uh, to, <laughs> up the ladder to becoming a better and better and better public speaker. It's good. It's so good. So we start with what interests us, pick a topic and do the work of niching down into, in bite size. Uh, and I know with different analogies, but taking bite size, uh, pieces out of it or taking a step at a time. Um, that is helpful. That, that's very helpful because public speaking can be paralyzing for people so that's a really good that's a very very good example and by the way the butterflies don't go away the fears don't disappear you, you just learn how to get them to fly in formation those butterflies oh that's good that's good um <laughs> i will steal that but i'll give you well i guess i guess if i give you credit it's not stealing um <laughs> right. uh, i've struggled in the past to absorb content of certain books and i think you're you're answering it with that what interests you um, idea, but the absorbing of content. Um, if somebody's thinking like, yeah, okay, I get this, but sometimes I just not sure if I'm actually walking away with the content. It's so much information. Um, I know for myself, I, I found that sometimes I just needed a physical copy of a book. So I became a, a, a runner over the last 18 months novice runner, uh, for sure Th well thanks it's it's a uh, it's a work in progress <laughs> but but audiobooks and podcasts and things like that became part of that of that routine but then i realized okay i need a physical copy of of this book because i'm not really absorbing it so i guess i have a, a two-part question that goes along with this how can we better absorb the content of a book and how should we view audio versus physical versus digital books Mm, great question. And, and, and one of the ways uh, that you may begin with is something I uh, mentioned earlier, and that's considering possibly separating the note taking from the from the reading. I am a big uh, fan of physical books for some of the, of the reasons you stated, though. I'm a novice runner, too. Started running in 2016. I haven't done it as regularly as, as, as I would like to recently. But uh, and certainly when I had a commute, you know, audiobooks uh, were were the thing uh, for me. 
Uh, but with physical books, what that allows me to do and anyone listening to do is to put you in a situation where now you can create an environment that encourages focus. And so what I like to do, some of the things I do with regard to my environment and take that very seriously is I have uh, behind me, you can't see it, but behind me, I have a chair in my office that's dedicated. It's my reading chair. That's where I do my reading. It's a comfortable chair. I've got a uh, what's considered a lap desk that I can set across the, that actually sits on the arms of the chair. And I've got the book sitting on that uh, wooden uh, lap desk and then a notepad next to the book. I've got a, a floor. I mean, I'm getting real specific here. I've got a floor lamp that comes up over my my left shoulder that I can turn on that I can just touch and turn on so I'm, the, the place I'm sitting at is well lit. I've got my my phone there for one reason and one reason only. Well, maybe two. One is that timer I talked about earlier, right? And I might also connect it to an app like Focus at Will. or um, uh, And that's an app, by the way, that allows you to play sort of ethereal background type music uh, or coffee shop sounds, uh, you know, not music with lyrics, uh, for example, or, or things with a, that are going to you know, draw your attention away, but you can get lost in, allows you to, to maintain focus. Another app I like to connect to is called Adagio, which allows you to search folk, uh, uh, classical music based on mood, uh, which, is, which is an app I, I enjoy. So I'll connect my phone to one of those things. And then I'll put on, and I tell my spouse first because I've <laughs> made the mistake of not doing that before. I'll put on noise canceling headphones, right? So noise canceling headphones connected to one of those two apps, uh, you know, putting music uh, into my ears that uh, allows me to focus a timer, a comfortable chair, a lap desk, a pen, a highlighter, a notebook. And so all these things combined, I'm taking this process super seriously and I'm doing everything I can possibly think of that that are, that are going to take away distractions, and so if you can, if you can think along those terms, uh, that's really going to aid you in 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 staying focused. And remember, even you know, if twenty five minutes, I, I say remember, like I've said this before, I haven't. Uh, but if twenty five minutes sounds like a long time to you, and and you're thinking, so gosh, this guy thinks twenty five minutes is nothing. I don't know if I can read for that long. Give yourself permission to start small. Um, I like the work of B.J. Fogg, who wrote about this in a book called Tiny Habits. He's a professor at Stanford University. Um, The the book that gets all the attention with regard to habits is Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is a great book. I've I've interviewed James, met James, sat next to him on a panel years ago at a conference. He's a great guy. I love his book. But the one that doesn't get nearly as much attention is, is Fogg's book, Tiny Habits. And so what I would convey to you with regard to that is to create habit recipes of reading for 25 minutes sounds like a daunting task. Start by anchoring your new habit you want to start, whether that's reading or something else, with something you already do every single day. Something I like to pair reading with is drinking coffee because I love coffee. So if you love coffee, uh, you're already, you know, you're already a step ahead. So I drink coffee every morning without having, I don't have to remind myself, oh, I got to, I'm going to go to the kitchen and make coffee. I just do it. Right. And so if that's the case for you uh, or if something else, figure out what that is. And maybe your habit recipe begins like this. When I sit down with my morning cup of coffee, I will open my book and read the first page or the first paragraph or the first sentence your 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 habit your goal can be that tiny or it could be when i sit down with my morning cup of coffee i'm going to open my book goal accomplished i'm done now what you want to do 
is celebrate. You want to you know, put your arms in a V for victory sign above your head. You want to jump up and do a Tiger Woods style fist bump, uh, fist pump. You, you, you want to look in the mirror and as cheesy as this sounds, you know, encourage yourself, say you did it, you know, and what you're doing by doing this, the celebration is you're training your brain to go, wait a minute, this is something we like. What can we do to make sure this happens again? <laughs> right? And so, uh, Fogg talks about this in the context of flossing his teeth. That was a habit he just could not cultivate. And so he recognized, well, what do I already do every day that lends itself to the, well, I brush my teeth every day. That, that kind of goes hand in hand with flossing, right? So his habit started out with, well, when I, when I brush my teeth, I will floss one tooth. <laughs> and, event, and that's your goal. And then you celebrate. And eventually what happens is, well, you're, well I'm, I'm here anyway. I may as well floss another tooth. I'm here anyway. Why don't I just go ahead and read the next sentence or the next paragraph or the next page? And again, the celebration tie, ties it all together. As cheesy as that sounds, those three things together, something you already do, in this case, drink coffee, make it super tiny. That can be as tiny as just opening the darn book, <laughs> right? And then the next thing is celebrate. And you can create habit recipes like that for just about anything you want to accomplish. That's good. and. So uh, the second part to that, uh, a question that should have been separated out now that I'm hearing your, your answer there, um, how should we view audio, physical, digital books? Um, is, there a, is, is there lessons that, are there lessons that you've learned along the way of um, when each of those maybe are better for us, or is there a, is there a winner overall, you know, number one draft choice between those three options for books? Yeah, I forgot to answer that part of your question. No, Sorry about that. It, I, I blame myself <laughs> for that. <clears throat> no, you know, I uh, there was a time, a season in my life, and I think this goes for a lot of us. There may be seasons in your life where you are convinced that sitting down with a physical book and doing nothing else but reading is just not in the cards right now. I would challenge that thinking to start with, but if you're convinced that's the case, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off the hook. I was once there. And at that time of my life, I leveraged my commute. Now, a lot of us these days don't even have one of those, depending on our working situation. But I leveraged my commute. You mentioned doing it while you were running. Uh, maybe it's chores around the house. I think some kind of reading, and I include audiobooks in that category, some kind of reading is better than no reading at all. And so if your only option is, is to engage with an audiobook, then absolutely go for it and don't let anybody you know, else tell you that's not good enough or, or whatever. Uh, if, if that's what you can ma manage right now, that's fine. Um, one of the things I like to do, and this helps with, uh, I have found with uh, retention and comprehension of what I'm reading, is uh, taking an audiobook, especially if, if it's being read by the author, I tend to, to like those more, and taking a physical copy of that same book and ramping up the the audiobook speed to one and a half or 1.75 speed and following along in the physical book while the author's reading it to me. That's sort of like a speed reading cheat, right? Uh, you know, they, they can, at that speed, uh, I, I can still understand it. We, we can understand far faster than we're able to talk, right? We can understand what's coming at us. And so, I speed that up. I can still keep up with it. I can still follow along. And that kind of forces me, by the way, to do one of those things I talked about earlier and just make marks and not actually take notes because I don't have time because the author's going so fast. 
But then I've got that added benefit of seeing the words on the page as he or she is reading it to me. And th- that sort of uh, double-edged sword, the, the, the uh, getting it in my ears while getting it in my eyes at the same time uh, is a huge help for retention and comprehension down the road. It's good. So good. I, you know, I, I wasn't sure um, how to, to land the plane on the interview. I'm just being real candid because there's, no, so, okay. there's so much in this book that we're, that we're not going to be able to get to. Um, you touched on, uh, if it sounded like to me reminiscent of the, the chapter, I think it's 11, how to create an unchangeable reading habit um, and questions that we should be asking ourselves. There's so much more content in this. It's kind of like dropping fish food, uh, you know, in the, in the bowl versus <laughs> sitting down for three hours and, and actually having the discussion. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure how to end it, but, um, I'm, I'm big on fun and I thought it would be fun, uh, to do kind of a lightning round to get book suggestions, uh, based on categories. Sure. That'd be great. Okay. So lightning round, um, I'm just making up these rules, but I'll throw five or six <laughs> or, or so, you know, several categories at you. Um, and I'll let you just kind of fire off different titles as they come to mind. You've already done some of that. And I actually have, I've written down several of those, uh, because I'm, I'm one that would lean towards atomic habits cause that's what I know of, but now I need to mm-hmm. check out tiny habits. Um, so, yeah. so, uh, let's go, let's start off a little bit easier and then a little bit more, uh, abstract maybe. So professional development. Uh, yeah, I would start with some of the classics, uh, things like uh, the seven habits of highly effective people, um, how to win friends and influence people. Uh, you know, th- these are just some of the classics that we all should be uh, reading. Uh, 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love uh, by my friend uh, Dan Miller, uh, now a 20 plus year old book and New York Times bestselling book, selling book. So those are a few that come to mind with regard to that category. Um, personal development. Um, and I, I know this sounds probably self-serving, but I, I certainly would recommend read <laughs> to lead in this case. And I think, I think really when it comes to personal development, um, uh, you know, books like Carol Dweck's Mindset uh, come to mind, a book like um, Seth Godin, just about anything in Seth Godin's catalog mm-hmm. would be good to, toward personal uh, development. Yeah, so many books that I read aren't necessarily exclusive to that category, but just about every book I read falls into that category sure. in one, <laughs> one way, shape, or form. Sure. Um, marketing. Oh, uh, yeah. I got to go with uh, uh, Seth Godin's book, Purple Cow, was uh, uh, was sort of the book that relit in me a, a fire to love reading again. So I'm going to go with that one. Awesome. Um, public speaking. Oh, gosh, I've read so many books on this topic. <laughs> if I were to narrow it down to one, I would say Steal the Show by Michael Port. I don't know why I'm frantically writing notes. I can listen back to this. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, creativity. Ooh, um, I would say anything by Nancy Duarte, who's just a fantastic communicator and has written several books related to public speaking that we just talked about. Uh, but she she tackles that topic from a very creative approach, and so I would say Nancy, any any anything by Nancy Duarte, anything within uh, like just it, the broader category of expanding perspectives. I would say Multipliers by Liz Weissman. Uh, subtitle of that book is How the Best Leaders Make Everyone Smarter, and it's just a book about how the best leaders understand the need to leverage the collective brain power in the room. And how this idea of sort of command and control 
style, uh, style leadership is dead. This style of leadership that says, I'm, I'm the leader because I know all the answers and your job is to just do what I tell you. <laughs> you know? So, so that would be one I would recommend. If I don't get Liz Weissman in here, I've, 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 I've not done my homework. Um, how about a biography? Ooh. Yeah. Um, Brian J. Jones is a favorite biographer of mine. If you love following creative people like, uh, or learning about them, like Dr. Seuss or Jim Henson or George Lucas, he's written biographies on all three of those folks. And I, I've read all three of them and I love them. Uh, for somebody that's got a long flight, (laughs) a long flight. Wow. Um, and they don't want to talk I, to people. <laughs> I would say 12 rules for life by Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. Their mind, their mind's going to be melted by the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's good. And then, uh, last one, and this is near and dear to my heart, but just for fun. If we give ourselves permission to stray away from nonfiction, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, and his work, um, I've never read a word of the Harry Potter series <laughs> that I mentioned earlier, so I can't speak for that. But Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, I think are just awesome uh, classics. But, you know, I read plenty of, of nonfiction for fun. You mentioned biographies. We talked about those. When I, w- when I want to read a fun book, I think of someone who fascinates me and I find a biography written about them. And that to me is fun. And one of my, the most enjoyable ways for me to consume a biography is to listen to it. I'm reading uh, Matthew McConaughey's, uh, it's not a biography, it's a memoir. But I'm reading, reading his book right now and listening to him read it to me has, has been a lot of fun. Is that Green Lights? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I have not, I've heard him speak about it, but I didn't, I haven't checked that out. So thank you. That was, that was fun. Uh, I like that lightning round. We got tons of suggestions here. <laughs> um, and this has been awesome. I thank you so much for the time and I want to leave it with you to close us out. So what do you want to leave the listeners with? What do you think they should do from here? Well, uh, recognize, if I've done my job, recognize that this habit of reading with intention and consistency is something you're not currently doing for whatever reason. It's taking you outside your discomfort zone, you're afraid or, or whatever. Get over it. <laughs> if, if you want to make a difference in this world, you've got to recognize that Every problem you ever face, somebody else has already faced it before you. You're not the first. And nine times out of 10, there's been a book written about it. And so if you will just go out and search for that book, <laughs> you'll save yourself a lot of heartache. And hopefully some of these tips that we've talked about today, today and the tips in my book can help you do that uh, in, a, in, again, a less painful or a more pain-free uh, type of way. If, if you're curious at all, if you want to kick the tires on this book, uh, on my book, uh, you can do that. You can get the uh, f- introduction and first chapter for free uh, when you go to readtoleadbook.com. Perfect. And we'll make sure to have uh, links in, in the show notes as well. I'm glad that you mentioned awesome. that because I do want people to keep engaging with you uh, from here. So thank you, Jeff, for the time. Um, and, and even more than that, thank you for um, all of the the value that you brought here um, with guiding us on the importance of reading and how it can aid in our growth as a leader. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being a part of the uh, impact of leadership uh, catalog very much. Okay. If this is your first time with us, 
this is the section where I do a takeaway or an action item uh, and I can't actually ever choose between one or the other so I do takeaways and action items first of all takeaways number one you don't have to like reading to start a reading habit number two we do not need to finish a book to have read it heck yeah thanks Jeff number three we make time for the things that are most important. If we care about growth, reading should occupy some of our time. Action items. Identify goals and aspirations for this year. Is it parenting? Is it health? Is it business growth? Get a list of recommended titles and authors. Maybe some of the ones that Jeff mentioned, which is why I was asking him those questions. Create a reading plan and incorporate it into 2022 habits. Now here are two bonus areas. Find me on LinkedIn tell me what you're reading and if I should check it out or not. Just tell me what you're learning. I love engaging with people like this. The second bonus area is to start a book club at the office to build culture. I'm doing this with CCB Technology, where I am the VP of sales, and I want to build culture outside of just the sales department. So we're gonna have a book club this year. And maybe you wanna use Read to Lead as the book for building that culture with that book club. If you want a copy of Read to Lead, give us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot of it and send it to info at impactofleadership.com. I will send a copy to the first five that do a review on there. Now, if you thought of someone during this episode, please consider sending this episode to them with a note of encouragement. We have over 100 episodes that will aid in your growth as a leader, so you can follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're using to have access to all of them. I cannot wait to be with you again soon, but until then, from all of us here at the Impact of Leadership, thanks for listening. <laughs>